proudly in 2D and regular frame rate, it's Have You Seen Episode 43. Hello, one and all. Yes, we couldn't even be described as high definition, really. No, definitely not. It's probably not, for the best, to be honest. Yeah, not <laughs> not with this setup. No. Um, hello, uh, I am Kieran Glass of Water Lafort, and opposite me is Tom NATO Standard Cup of Tea Web. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, Have You Seen again? Christmas edition. Yeah, our second Christmas edition. Yeah. Time does fly. I know. We say that every time we reach a milestone. So, oh, I can't believe we've done that many. Oh, I can't believe we've been going that long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, people must be getting bored of that by now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, not only are we going to talk about uh, the two pitches from mm-hmm. last week, we're also going to talk about our favourite and probably least favourite films of 2012 as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Summer so. in the middle. Um, but yeah. we shall build up to that and uh, yeah, let's, let's start do with the, what you're actually here for. Yeah, let's do the reviews first okay. and then we can do our best of the year kind of section and then move on to the pitches after that i guess look at that it's like he's got a format worked out and everything yeah, i know it's amazing what do you want to do um well why don't we start with when harry met sally okie dokie do you want to recap i shall tell you how harry met sally indeed yeah. it was 1977 yeah uh, and sally uh who's meg ryan uh gives her friend's boyfriend uh billy crystal uh called harry strangely enough uh he gives she gives we're off to a great start aren't we <clears throat> Yeah, we haven't had our requisite energy drinks. No, we? no. We are doing this on, as we said, on water and tea rather yeah. than ginger beer and Lucasade and whatever yeah. the hell else it is we usually drink. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Do you know what? I'm just going to start that again. I'm okay. not even going to edit all that waffle out. I'm just going to start again. <laughs> Fine, okay. okay. 1977. Yeah. Deadline, 1977. <laughs> uh, and Sally, Meg Ryan, gives her friend's older boyfriend, Harry, Billy Crystal, a ride home to New York from university in Chicago. She's a bit sort of uptight, and I can't read what that word is. Naive? Says. Oh, happy is the word happy. I've written. Oh, right, yeah, it, it looks like I've written, she's Harry and uptight, because <laughs> right, he's Harry. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's funny, but a bit kind of, a bit of a cock. Yeah. Um, he's he's like the older, wiser kind of guy. He's a bit of a, he, call, he describes himself as a bit of a dark soul. Yeah. So yeah. I, re- I read the last page of a book, so I know how it ends just in case I die. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the drive, uh, he espouses the theory that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way and that no man can be friends with a woman he finds attractive. Uh, he always wants to have sex with her. They then bump into each other a couple of times over the years and then 10 years later, after Harry's wife leaves him, they strike up a friendship and put the theory to the test. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I love it. Let's yeah. see if Tom likes it. Um, I really enjoyed it. Hey! Um, it win. was It was both exactly what I was expecting and nothing like what I was expecting at the same time. That is the perfect way of putting it. Um, because it is a template rom-com, yet it's not a typical rom-com. No. By any stretch of the imagination at all. It hits... I mean, you can... I think in a, in a, in screenwriting, you hear a lot about three-act structure. Mm. Um, and... So basically, if you think of a 90-minute movie at 30 minutes and 60 minutes, divide up your three acts. Mm. Uh, so something significant will happen at the 30-minute mark and at the hour mark. And this, I mean, I, I happened to glance down at the time code on the Blu-ray player, and it was bang on 30, 30 minutes that, <laughs> that like, a significant event occurs, and yeah. bang on one hour that a significant event occurs. So in that respect, the structure of it really holds mm. um, tight. But it's it's almost like... It's almost like a, a stage play. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Especially um, in Rob Reiner's direction, as we said last week. Yeah. He's, he's a very unfussy kind of director. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 what it boils down to is like, like how many different ways can you film two people talking yeah. without it getting boring? Yeah. And he, he manages to find quite a few. Mm. And, and you can see there are bits where it's like, well, how do we, how do we make this visually interesting when they're just talking again? Mm. Um, and he, they managed to succeed, and the cinematography is really good as well. Have them walk somewhere. Uh, yeah. Set it in an art gallery. Exactly, the shot yeah. I like is uh, the one taker on the Travelator in the airport. Yes, yeah, that's really clever. Where they do the whole thing in one shot. Yeah, I, I really liked. Um, I really liked one of the bit where they're they're, they're putting a rug down. Yeah. And having a conversation, and yeah. it's just you know how the different ways you could do that, and mm. it, it, so yeah, I really liked. It. I thought the the script was really excellent, mm. and it it reminded me of. The sort of Sorkin style mm. dialogue, but without like I mean, look, most of Sorkin's films have some kind of, you know, they're either about government, legal, mm. or they, they tend to be a subject matter that has a very dense vernacular of its own. Mm. So it's either like a legal speak, or it's uh, you know, uh, people in Washington, or it's like, for example. Uh, People writing code in Facebook, yeah. uh, in a social network for yeah. Facebook, uh, or uh, police procedural, or whatever it is. Whereas this was like that, but everyday speech. Yes. Because um, they're just normal people going mm. about their business. But it had that pace and energy that mm. you'd expect from a, a Sorkin thing. And intelligence. Well, not only uh, Nora Ephron is the credited screenwriter, but yeah. Rob Reiner did a pass. Right. And uh, Billy Crystal also did a pass, specifically right. to punch up Harry's stuff and yes. make him funny. Yeah, yeah. I can. You can see that. I mean, that you can see their humour coming through a lot. Mm. Um, and I think that uh, one of the things about this is that the reason it is it does stand out is because it is very intelligent mm. and it and it doesn't dumb it down and it doesn't make it sappy and it doesn't make it it, it it's very true mm. to the characters all mm. the way and i think a lot of rom-coms now it's all it's a rom-com by numbers and it is dumbed down yeah and it is as long just, as you've got two people leaning on each other on the poster that yeah, people are going to go and see exactly it. Yeah. In, a, in a red bold type absolutely place. yeah um but i think that uh I'm gonna have a quick look at my notes so I can just kind of. Well, something brush we didn't, something I didn't talk about um, last week were um, it's punctuated by interviews. Yes. Uh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, with old couples telling the story mm. of how they met. Um, the stories are real. The people are actors. I thought that might be the case. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, Reiner collected all these stories. Yeah. Uh, and rewrote them, them a bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, and gave them to actors. The pair I love particularly are the two that won't stop talking over each other. Yes, yeah, that's um, brilliantly done. But apart from those interviews, mm. Harry and Harry and or Sally are in every scene. Yeah, uh, and despite um, us never cutting away from their story, they still managed to develop a full subplot with Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. Yeah, absolutely. falling for each other and well, getting married. If you if you think about it, the majority of this film has nothing to do with Harry and Sally's relationship. Nope, not really. It's mostly them supporting each other. Mm. I, I suppose that is their relationship, but, yes. but it's, you know, the romance of it only really happens very late in the last third. It's a, fi it's a film of their, of their, of their friendship, friendship. Exactly. not their romance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's what kind of makes it different and interesting. Um, I, l I did love those uh, talking heads, and they actually reminded me, there's a TV series on uh, BBC4 over here at the moment called Old Jews Telling Jokes. Yes. Um, which I've it, seen three of the four, and yeah. they're hilarious they're every time. Absolutely. It's, it's just... Pretty much. That's exactly what it is. It is it's, yeah. it's old, old Jewish, Jewish people standing in front of a white wall telling yeah. jokes. Yeah, and it's yeah. as simple as that. And, yeah. it, and it's just 
uh, absolutely brilliant. And and those little talking heads reminded me of that. Yeah. It's just, you know, those little tiny little insights into life, which mm. is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I liked the fact that that was completely like taking a documentary element and just shoving it into a rom-com mm. which seemed like a really weird well, thing start- to do yeah when it started the first time i watched it i was uh, kind of quite uncertain that it would start like that because it starts yeah another talking head interview it does yeah uh, and, and it's like oh, hang on this doesn't this doesn't seem right mm. uh but it works as a device it works all the way yeah, through absolutely and there are a few especially where because it builds up to ending with, with harry, harry and sally telling yeah, their story which yeah. is brilliant yeah um there are quite a few weird conventions used in this mm. um there's a lot of split screen. Yes, which, the split screen telephone conversation. Yes, that with, is fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, it's Kirby, two telephone calls, yes, isn't it? Kirby yeah. and Fisher in bed, and then Harry and Sally each ring their friend. friends. Yeah. yeah, and it's two concurrent conversations. Yeah, that's just as a masterpiece. Yeah, it's so well written because it's giving you. There, no one ever is. No one's ever talking at the same time. Mm. Yet all the conversations are paced as they should be. Yes. Uh, so no one ever seems to be pausing unnaturally and no. no one's ever talking over each other. It's very well crafted and very well put together. Mm. And the other one of those I really like is where Harry and Sally are in their own apartments, both watching Casablanca. Casablanca. Yeah. And, that, and that, again, is really that nice. That apparently is based on something that uh, Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner would do. Oh, really? Yeah, they'd, they'd find a movie on TV and ring each other up and talk while watching it. Right, excellent. Um and like I said, the, uh, one of my notes is the film is re- it really sucks you in, is really engaging considering it. The, it's just heavy dialogue scenes mm. over and over and over. Mm. Um, but it just it just kind of does it. Doesn't never feels like that. No, which it, you know is a is a testament to Rob Reiner really. Um, overall, I thought it was really good. The the weakest thing I think in it is Meg Ryan, possibly. Um, I, you know, I, I and I don't, I think. She's weak because everyone else is really, really good. Yeah. Um. And I, she, so that yeah, she was the only bit that I kind of thought. Oh, she's, she does well. Yeah. But then I don't know if that's the character. Much, uh, be cute. Say this. Fake an orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. So for me, it was just a bit like I. I, I think. I, I guess from a, the audience perspective, Billy Crystal kind of has to ramp it up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. To explain yeah. why someone like her would go for him. Yeah. Because Billy Crystal, if you think of Billy Crystal, he's not your romantic, your average romantic lead. No, he's not. not with the best women in the world, he's not the most handsome of gentlemen. No. Um, yeah, I think yeah, you're I can, right. you can under, you can see immediately why he would like her. Yeah. But not immediately why she would like exactly. him. Exactly. And because he comes across as quite arrogant and bullish yeah. in the yeah, first bit, it, it kind of puts him even further up. Mm. At, uh, to a detriment, really. But like I said, overall, mm. I just I, I really enjoyed it, and it's it's a really odd in that it is absolutely what you expect and nothing like you expect mm. at the same time. I think if, uh, like we said before, you and I are not particularly into rom coms, but mm. um, when you, when you find a really good one that that kind of ch- uses the uses the the good aspects of the genre. But then create something mm. better on top of it. Like you know, we mentioned, uh, shall we dance you? And, yeah. and I love you, man, as being the others that we've covered. I've been trying to think of other mm. romance kind of rom com movies that do that. And there's one I've been thinking about pitching you for a while. So maybe I'll, I'll dig that up. 
Casablanca is romantic and occasionally humorous. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's more of a, of a drama than yeah, anything else. Yeah, that's that's noir drama. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Although it is kind of often that's everything to all people though. That's, yeah. that's all genres in one. Really, it isn't is. It? Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I I I was surprised at how much I liked it. I was really surprised when you pitched it. The way with the enthusiasm I, with which you pitched I it, because I would not have no picked that at no. all. I, the only reason I. <laughs> We might as well spill spill to the audience. The only reason yeah. I watched it is because I'm trying to write a romantic comedy at the moment. Yeah. And I figured... You've got to do a bit of research. Yeah, got to do some research. Exactly. Yeah. So when we were writing the zombie film, we watched lots of zombie movies. Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. So I thought I should watch it. And it just grabbed me and completely blew me away. Yeah. I, I, was, I was amazed by how much I was grabbed by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love what I the stuff I really like from that kind of writing perspective. I love some of the details in it. Mm. For example, there's a scene where, um, oh hey, it ties into Christmas. Uh, where they go and buy uh, Sally's Christmas tree. Yes. And he helps her take it home. Yes. The next year, she goes to buy a Christmas just... tree, but they've had an argument, so he's not with her. No. So she struggles, struggles to get it, it home. Exactly. And that's a time. It's, it's told in one shot. It's so easy. Yeah. It's, but because he's not there. There's She's a, missing something. There's an even smaller detail in that that you, that you might not have missed is when they're struggling together, mm. she walks into one of the other trees. But mm. because he's got the rest of it, she keeps her balance and they carry mm. on. The second time, she does exactly the same and thing. Just walks straight into the tree. Walks, yeah. walks into the tree and falls over mm. and, it, and then drops the tree. So, you know, there there are some really beautiful little details. The other it? great detail I like is when uh, when they're on the plane yeah. And Harry describes the woman he's going to marry for the first time. Yeah. And he tells you all you need to know about her character in one line. Yeah. She's a lawyer. She's keeping her name. Yeah. And you know, that's the moment Absolutely. you know it's not going to last. And yeah. you know exactly what kind of character she is. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh, there's, there's a brilliant line later on where they actually run into the wife. Yeah. And he says, uh, she looks like she's retaining water. That woman kept everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, one of my favorite gags. And I think this might be a, a, a true life Reiner mm. uh, crystal moment was when uh, I think it's just our, well, I think it is actually the scene where Billy Crystal is telling Bruno Kirby that, they, that he's getting a divorce and he's, they're in the, they're at the football stadium or the baseball oh, the, stadium. Oh, um, the Mexican wave yeah, scene. Yeah. And they're, they're, he's basically telling him this, this really life changing piece of news that's, mm. you know, I'm, I'm going to get a divorce mm. that out, you know, my relationship has ended and it's all throughout the scene they're taking part in a Mexican wave. Yeah. <laughs> so like every couple of seconds, they'll just stand up, throw their arms in the air and sit down again without breaking conversation. Yeah. And it, to me, that was just absolutely brilliant because it was such a silly thing. Mm. And you can imagine that that could actually happen. It, it was like, it didn't feel like a, oh, I've got a great idea for a gag yeah. moment. It was just like, oh, I remember doing this once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's entirely possible. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's about it, really. I didn't write a huge amount of notes because I, was, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought mm. it was really good, and I think, I think, uh, if people, if you've got listeners out there who don't like rom coms, at least watch this one. Yeah, but as we, as I said last week, it's really hard to get a copy. Yeah, but uh, on DVD at least. Although uh, there's a Blu-ray coming out soon. Uh, I think I, I don't know if that means that the DVD is getting a. a re- I don't know, but I did actually time. spot the DVD, and I think it was in Sainsbury's for like three quid. Oh, nice! Well, so, everybody get down to your local Sainsbury's and yeah, pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely it's kicking around, but I think they are they're going to do something with it, perhaps. Um, yeah, no, definitely. If if you're not a fan of rom coms, at least watch this one. Excellent. Uh, 
mostly in other countries it was just yeah. called When Harry Met Sally in whatever language. Yeah. Cuando Harry Met Sally. <laughs> right. uh, that spanned various countries <laughs> yeah, and languages. It did, yeah. 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 Oh, it was generic uh, European. Three. Yes. Uh, however, in Norway, it's called When He Met Her or Friendship and Sex. <laughs> in Brazil, Harry and Sally made for each other. Mm. <laughs> and in Portugal, or Portugal as I've written here. <laughs> Portugal. A love inevitable. Right. Um, finding reviews was quite difficult mm. because most people write coherently. Yeah. Um, and pretty much everybody loved it. Uh, I just had, there's a couple of lines that I did pick out though. One, uh, from the Five Star Review, it says, I love this film, but don't tell the missus. <laughs> um, Brilliant. And then there was this woman who shared a little too much on Amazon. All right. I love this film. It is so full of the differences between men and women. My fave is when Harry explains to Sally about men wanting to get out from the bed after sex. My boyfriend is such a man. It's not that he doesn't love me, he says, but he just needs to get up. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> um, that's all I got. Excellent. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, Micmacs. Yeah, okay. Do you want me to recap? Please. Try. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to try and do the really brief synopsis that I did last week. Okay. Um, okay, so um, I, might be, I might try and do it a bit more in depth. Okay, right. so the main character is a guy called Basil. Uh, we know that from the opening scene, uh, well, the opening 10 minutes, in fact, we see that as when he was a child, his father was blown up by a landmine um, that was made by a, a particular arms dealer. Cut to 30 years later or whatever it is, he's, uh, Basil himself is working in the video store and witnesses a drive-by and gets shot in the head. Um I really like that scene, by the way. Even before we get into that, yeah. I really like just everything from him lip syncing along with the Bogart yes. movie to, it, to yeah. the way he gets shot is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the doctor who's performing surgery basically says, wow, you know, if we take this out, he'll either live or he'll be. He'll a, live and become a vegetable, vegetable or he'll or, just die. Or he'll just die or we could leave it in and, and see what happens. And basically, the nurse, the nurse with him it, it says, well, hang on a minute. Isn't it better to live a short life and actually live it mm. than to take the bullet out and potentially be a vegetable yeah. and not live your life properly. So they toss a coin to decide what to do and they leave the bullet in. Mm. Um, but the bullet is from a different arms manufacturer uh, and Basil kind of discovers this out and there are two rival arms manufacturers who work on opposite, opposite sides of the street. Road, yeah. um, and now that he is suffering after his operation he's homeless and he bands up with this weird troop of characters uh, and they decide between them that the best thing to do would be to pit each arms dealer against themselves each other and uh, take them down basically um so that's what they do mm -hmm. i described it to kieran as um terry gilliam's take on oceans 11 via panico village yes um so what did you think i pretty much summed it up uh, i did really like it not yeah. as much as you did i think right. okay um but yes it was good you can see by how few notes I've written right, yeah. uh, that I was busy watching it, but then again, yeah. it is a subtitle so, uh, film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, uh, I love. Yeah, I really like the look of it, the set design, mm -hmm. um, the overall tone of it. The pro the only real problem I have with it is it kind of suffers a bit from Taken syndrome. Right, your hero is not in trouble for ninety five percent of the film. Yeah, uh, and it's essentially just one long complicated sequence of revenge yes yeah, yeah. Um, however those little the little bits that make up that sequence are mm. really well done I love yeah. all the complicated plans yeah to do to get back at people just things like um, the bit in the airport 
yes. all the things they go through to get the African guys arrested. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely genius. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I've barely written anything. Right. Um, I could probably just read these out. The lead-up to and the opening titles are very clever. Yeah. Because the opening titles are done in the style of the Dumas movie that he's watching on absolutely. the TV when he gets shot. Yeah. Um, the lip-syncing busking gag is great. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That was... That reminded me of sort of like Chaplin, Keaton mm. kind of. Yes. Yeah. I also like yeah. that he felt guilty and just donated <laughs> all the money to the girl <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I like the bit where he sees the uh, the two arms dealers for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and he's looking up at one of the buildings and it cranes down and the orchestra yeah. are playing on the steps yeah. of the other arms place behind him. <laughs> yeah. That was the 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 blazing saddles gag I was mm. telling you about that that was the the thing I noticed that was kind of like they do the same gag but in a different way because mm. uh, they reveal the orchestra is actually there and then he uh, Basil throughout the thing he'll slap his head because he he he, uh, he he thinks he he he's kind of, like his shrapnel is giving him a bit of a weird moment mm. and when he slaps his head the, the orchestra disappears yes. so you know it's in his mind yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know that he's hearing the music as well. Um, the things the the thing actually the one thing that made me laugh louder than anything else was one quick sight gag they right. did, which is when uh, they've they've all done all the machinate machine I can't even say machinations, machinations. Right. Um, and set off an explosion in one of the yes. uh, arms dealers' places, and there's yeah. this huge explosion. You see all the consequences of it as it yeah. goes off, and the the force of the blast ripples a calendar. On the wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's a saucy calendar. It starts with a woman provocatively, provocatively dressed in January yeah. and it flips through all the pages until she's naked in December. <laughs> yeah. That that was brilliant. It yeah. just creased me up. It's such a brilliant little flick book. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, uh, I also really love the dealer's final, uh, quote unquote, final plane ride. Yes. Where you get to see it all in their heads, what they think is happening to them. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually just like three blokes standing around them with a bunch of hair dryers. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant. That reveal is fantastic. Because you basically, you basically see uh, two close-ups mm. of the eyes of the arm dealers. They've got sacks on their heads. Yeah. And, and you, you go inside the, You inside the, the sack yeah. and you've got two close-ups. And this is split screen. And the screen is split into four elements the top two elements are the eyes in the sacks and what they're thinking mm. and the bottom element is what they're imagining and you yeah. see the plane flight and you see the yeah you know, i like, like how, I like how the each of their interpretations are slightly different, different as yeah, well but yeah. they're essentially the yeah. same yeah 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 no and then you kind of cut back yeah and it shows you what actually happened yeah a bit in the sort of oceans 11 style and yeah and you realize that they've been completely duped in this absolute it's like i said last week I wish I could make something that's as odd as this, but as clever as this. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. It's very odd and very clever. Mm -hmm. And I thought, actually, if you take out the blood and the sex, yeah, it would be a brilliant kids' film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With just yeah. a few minor tweaks, it's yeah. described on the cover as a live-action Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Which uh, in places it kind of is. That's mm. a bit of a lazy way of describing it. I, I think, think so. Yeah, but that's it, UK with, with not much work it could easily have been that yes yeah, um, yeah, yeah just totally. like i said just take out the bits where you see blood and take out the bits where people are getting off with each other yeah and but that's france and that yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's on every corner yeah um yeah and it just would have been a great uh a great kids movie mm. um what else did i really like um the uh you we talked about omar sai 
Yeah. Last week. I like his character, mm. who's only capable of speaking in cliches. Yes. He's uh, called Remington, I remember, because yes, of the typewriter. Of the typewriter. He's always yes. typewriter. And um, I like Basil's despair when he's using him on the phone to impersonate the Africans. Yeah. He just, he won't stop. He won't say what he's supposed <laughs> to say. He has to add in, he has to flower everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he can't can't stop talking like a writer. Yeah. Um, and the other scene I really like is where they nick all of uh one of the uh, arms dealers. He's got this prized collection of trinkets. Like mm. it's somebody's eye. He's got no. Yeah. He's after Mussolini's eye, isn't he? Uh, yes. I but think. He's but he's also got, got somebody's finger. He's got. He's got. All, hasn't got like Churchill's pipe or and then he's yeah. Got, but it's all kind of little things, isn't it? That he has like I think it's like Hitler's toe or something yes. like that. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they mm. but they put the contortionist woman down the chimney and nick it all with a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> yeah. and then leave behind a skeleton hand with a finger on it, flipping the birds <laughs> yeah. when he comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's full of uh, yeah, just invention at every turn, mm. really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've run out of things to say. It's just huh. it's just a whole load of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought when I watched it. I, I again, it, like I said, it's kind of got this weird, serious message about. Yes, there is that, and towards the end, uh, it does kind of take out the hammer and give that a bit of a. Whack. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the confession. I'm, yes, I'm thinking. Yeah, they absolutely. Take the confession. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just so bizarre and fun and silly along the way that mm. it's just. I mean, I found it a complete mm. kind of joy to watch it, and was just you know. Have you ever seen Amelie? No, I haven't. Same director. Yeah. Which I only realised when yeah. I read the cover. Right. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I've seen, oh, yeah, I've seen City of Lost Children and then completely forgot he directed Amelie as well. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I, basically this I used is, to have a copy. If I still have it, this might, I'll watch yeah. it again and it might make an appearance. I know he did He did Amelie, Dem- Delicatessen, City of Lost Children, none of which I've seen. Okay. Um, I have seen Alien Resurrection, but they said about yeah, that you better. That. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, like I say, I just haven't really got around to seeing any of the others. But this was one I remember when it came out. We one of our colleagues did an interview with uh, the director, mm. and uh, I think I ended up editing the little piece together. And mm. I was I remember watching it then, thinking oh, I'd, I'd actually quite like to watch yeah. this, and just never getting around to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I did. And like I said, I I saw that first ten minutes up to the bit where he gets shot. Yes, and that, after that, I was like, all right, I, I'm, it's too late to watch this now. But I I, I mm. got my app onto Amazon and ordered the Blu-ray for six quid, and was just like, bang. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's loads of fun. Highly recommended. Excellent. Um, Okie dokie. <clears throat> Mick Max is a a treasure trove of alternative titles around the world. <laughs> really? I've got there's quite a few. Okay. This time. Uh tell you what, let's do the reviews first because okay. they're because uh, they're very small. I saw someone described it as Steptoe and Son in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a good description. Which if you're American is Sanford and Son in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah. Um and there's one line for somebody who oh, uh, who knows their films. Mm. I know film reviews are very subjective, but for me, this was the best film I saw last year. And I watch three and sometimes four films a week. <laughs> Brilliant. Alternative titles. In Slovakia, jargon. Right. Um, actually, most of them use uh, the word Mikmax and then just add yeah. a, a subtitle to it. Yeah. Uh, so in Germany, it was Paris belongs to us. Right. Uh, Portugal, a bright confusion. Right. In Brazil, it was a complicated plan. Yeah. Uh, Denmark couldn't be bothered. They just called it the madness. <laughs> um, Russia, the losers. Right. Uh, Italy, it was Basil's explosive plan. <laughs> that, that was my favourite so yeah. far. Uh, Poland, Basil, man with bullet in head. <laughs> oh, to the point, I guess. Yeah, and I can't decide which of these two is my favourite. 
Hungary, it was called N in brackets, goes to brain hack. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in Slovenia, devilish plan family weirdo. <laughs> I quite like that last one. Rather good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I could make some kind of clever segue, but I can't think of one. Do <laughs> <No. laughs> so you want to talk about films you've seen this year? Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to like organically move into right, that. No, it's not going to work, uh, is it? No. Uh, we discovered that neither of us have been very good at seeing films from this year. No. Uh, I counted 19 and you counted... Count Twelve. Oh, good. That's and some of those will be doubled, so we haven't even managed 30 films between us this I know. year. I know. That's I, I poor. Just, I don't know why I haven't seen that many this year. We have been busy. We've been very busy, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've seen. Well, to be fair, I've seen a lot of films. I've only seen twelve that were released this year. Yes. Um, so there and was as I really mentioned before, ones. we sat down. We've both seen a film that's not out in the UK until next year. Yeah, exactly. And we talked yeah. about it on here. Jiro yeah. Dreams of Sushi. Absolutely. I mean, you posted a thing on the. the I did. Blog on the, uh, and if people don't read the blog, I'll tell you now. Jiro Dreams of Sushi gets a limited uh, UK release in January. I think January the 11th, but I would double check y- yeah, on the yeah, internet. That's what you said, yeah. uh, has a, a a limited release in the cinema, and then the DVD is out in March. And right. uh, if you want to watch a documentary about an eccentric. Old man who makes fish food. Yeah, go watch it. It's I love it. Worth, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Um, I'm trying to work out the best way to do this. Did you last year we did top fives? Yeah. Did you manage five? Um, because looking through mine, right, I've got three films that I saw this year that I absolutely loved. Okay. I've got another. One, two, three, four, five. Another five, well, another three that I thought were, were were pretty good. Another, and another three after that, that I thought were worth watching. Okay. And then I've got three that I really didn't like. Okay. Um. So I'm not, I really don't know how to go about doing this. All really. right. Nor do I. Okay. Pick pick a title. We'll start there. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Why don't I'm do you gonna, know what? Last year I ended up with a top seven. With, I tell you uh, what, seven in my top five. I I'm think gonna, this year, even though we said it had been a poor year, I think I've got eight in my top five. All right, which is kind right. of weird. Just rereading the list. I know. Why don't I start with the ones I know you haven't seen? Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to start with the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't see this. No, I didn't. Uh, I, we won't get into it onto this show because I'll be here for ages. But yeah. I really, really, really strongly dislike the Dark Knight. Yeah, I think it's a massively overhyped pile of shit. I think that's going to get some hate mail. It is. Carry on. Yeah, I think I think this overall is a bit better than the Dark Knight because it makes more sense. Okay, because the Dark Knight, if you think about it, doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. No. But having said this, I I could have I could have watched this film and I could have walked out of the cinema happy, but there was one shot. And it was one shot that made me go, oh, come on. And that was it. Right at the end of the film, there's one oh, shot. This, is, this, this has been... This has been film yeah, I haven't... Uh, I, we won't spoil anything. No, I don't... I've no, heard this mentioned to. by other reviewers that yeah. this is... That this that, that the final shot of the movie is a problem. Yeah, if you if you go... Well, it's not the, not necessarily the final shot of the movie that... Okay, but... Uh, it's, yeah, the, no, there's, a, there's, a, there's a series of shots at the end of the movie oh, oh, that, that anger sorry. different people in different ways. <laughs> um, mine isn't the last thing at all because I can just... Basically, I can, ex- I can accept the movie for what it is and I can even accept the plot holes and the flaws with it okay as as a really entertaining movie mm. but there's one thing that i just think kicks the whole thing in the nuts um and i yeah so i, I didn't like it for that one reason and um, there's a podcast um 
that Kevin Smith does called Fat Man or Batman, where every week... Plugging other people's shit on our show now. Listen, and there's one episode of that where he and a guy called Ralph Garman go through The Dark Knight Rises blow by blow mm. and just just basically go through why it doesn't make sense, mm. even though they liked it. Yeah. Uh, and basically everything they say in that podcast is what I didn't like about it. So, Fair enough. I'll probably yeah. end up watching it when I can see it for free, but I yes, was burned uh, by The yeah. Dark Knight. I was burned by Inception. I didn't like that either. No. That's that's The Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you're not getting me three times in a row. No. I, yeah, I wanted to see it just because I, I wanted to see it on the big screen and... You know, I was I was just disappointed by it. Christopher Nolan's made one good film, and it's called Memento. Yes, yeah, I like Batman Begins. Yeah, fine, all right, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I like it. I haven't seen Insomnia. No, um, but that's a remake anyway. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, okay, so there's an there's another film I didn't particularly like, which was Haywire. Steven Soderbergh. I saw that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you see that? I didn't it's, know. If seen yeah, that. it. Uh, I like the action sequences. It's yeah. the it's the. Um, tedious hipster of action movies it is yeah uh, to be honest the plot is just crap it's someone yeah it's someone trying to be cool while making an action film yeah. or while pretending they're not making an action film yeah yeah it just it just it just didn't hold together no i, I will say uh, yeah i did like some of the fights and i think she's not good she's not there yet but there is something in gina carano i, th- I think you're right um it just yeah it just, for me it just didn't. she just needs a few acting classes yeah, i th- i suspect that she she Steven Soderbergh is a very particular type of director. Yeah. And I think he's quite hands-off when it comes to the actors. Yeah. Uh, that's and the impression I get. Gives a... And I, I think if she had someone with a bit more mm. of a guiding hand... Mm. I mean, I'm not saying Steven Soderbergh is a bad director. Cause no, absolutely certainly not. Isn't. No, no. Um, but I just think that, that some directors suit different people. Possibly the wrong, the wrong guy for her first role. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. she's in Fast 6 opposite The Rock next year. That's going to be awesome. yeah. You know, it's because it's got the rock it's in it, be so it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I've got one more film that I didn't like, but I suspect it'll be on your film of things you did like. Yeah. So I'm going to ignore that for now. Right. Um, okay, on to the stuff that I thought was all right, uh, worth a watch. Ted. Yeah. That was fine. all right. It's I think got it's some very, funny it's moments. It's very, very funny, but the story is weak. Yeah, I, uh, for me, it was... It, I could have done without Giovanni Ribisi, but the film can't do without Giovanni Ribisi. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I. I just think. Yeah. It was. I thought it was good, but it just there's something a bit missing. I don't know. Yeah. Um. It's like. It's like. I've got an idea for a whole series of scenes involving this rude talking teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah it doesn't yeah. quite hang together as a whole movie. That's yeah. But I, I will say that where he fights Mark Wahlberg in the hotel excellent. room is hysterical. Yeah. That's really well done. Um, so another film that I thought was pretty good and um, worth a watch is a documentary called Eames, The Architect, The Painter. Um, and this is about... Uh, We've gone highbrow all of a sudden. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Eames, The Architect and The Painter. Well, um, Eames was a... Uh, it was like a... a <coughs> Excuse me. That's sorry, right. I'm fighting off germs. It was kind of a collective of creative people in a way. In I think, I think they were based in San Francisco. And um they designed some of the most amazing furniture and and just things really um really interesting documentary about who they were and and uh where they came from and what their ethic was their their offices were kind of like a almost like a prototype google uh-huh. um so it was it that was kind of a fascinating insight into into that um next documentary i watched which was really long but actually really entertaining. Right. Was Hello Quo. 
Oh, the status quo Which thing. was a, sta- a okay. documentary about yeah. status quo. I think probably would have worked better as a two-part documentary on like BBC4 or something. Mm-hmm. But it was very funny. And and it was just, it was a sort of thing you could put it on in the background and just listen to the stories that these guys were telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to end up talking about every movie we've seen this year, aren't we? Yeah, we just go. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, not, right. I'm not spending long on it. Um, okay, fine. Okay, so now they're the ones I think I've seen. Oh, no, there's one more that I've seen that you haven't. Um which I quite enjoyed, and that was Prometheus. Okay. Um, now I know you mentioned you've never seen any of the Alien. No, films and, like and I'm not. I'm not, not a Ridley Scott fan. No, yeah, and now this was interesting. I mentioned this last week um, when we had an email from Pete Hammond, and mm-hmm. he said that uh, you know don't get me started on Prometheus. He did, and didn't he? He had a big reaction to that, so I asked him to send us an email as to why. So and you he, put the key in his back and you wound him up, and he sent us just the most epic email on why he hated Prometheus, which is a fascinating read. And I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read a little bit out of it. A uh, little bit of it out, but okay. not too much. Um, I think we'll probably post this on the blog in its entirety. Okay, because uh, it's a it's a really valid viewpoint on the film. Okay. Now my theory is that if you're a diehard fan of the original movies, or at least even just the original Alien, yeah, the less likely you are to like Prometheus. Okay. Um, and lo and behold, in this email from Pete, he says. I absolutely love Alien. I love the aesthetic, the design. I love the pacing, the atmosphere, everything. And it's the only film that genuinely scares me. Um, I'd, I'd agree. I, I think Alien is my favourite out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says he's generally a big fan of Ridley Scott, which we obviously we know you're not. And he was really excited uh, when the first trailers for Prometheus came out and the fact he was going to go back to this universe and what mm. have you. Um I mean, where do we get down to it? Uh, yeah, then he had the, it was going to be a 15, which he wasn't happy about. And that looking at the marketing, it was going to be in 3D and, mm. you know, it's starting to be mass marketed. Um, and kind of the, what what it comes down to in this email is that he, he, he realized that it was going to be the start of another big franchise mm. and a big blockbuster movie, mass marketed to mass people. And it didn't have the same aesthetic and kind of it didn't have that i guess low budget feel of the originals mm. um i'm sorry if i'm paraphrasing you wrong here pete but it was a very long email um and i think that if you go into it just wanting a big action blockbuster sci-fi movie is actually really entertaining mm-hmm. the 3d works very well if you like 3d um I watched this at home on a on my. I just got a new 3D TV, so I watched it on that, and it, that it just looked amazing, um, considering I was watching it in my living room. Yeah. Um, but I know people don't really like. You know, lots of people don't really like 3D. I'm kind of. I'm, I'm not a big 3D. You're not fan. a 3D fan. No. I, I, I'm on the fence. I think it works in some instances, and it doesn't in others. The only time it has ever really worked for me is there is one moment in Up. Right. I haven't seen that in 3D. Where you've seen it though, I have seen it. Yeah, where uh, Carl is climbing the airship, yeah, uh, towards the end, and he gets knocked backwards and yeah. kind of rolls uh, rolls down the side and grabs the grabs the rungs of the ladder on the side. Mm. And there's a bit of that. I think they do kind of like a three D contra zoom, yeah. yeah. And that gave me vertigo. Right. But that's one shot in one, one movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, basically to to paraphrase uh, Pete's email, he 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 really didn't like it because he loved. 
the original stuff so much. And I do think we should post this on the blog so people can read it and, okay. and, and understand it. Um, but I get conversely, I think if the less you know about the universe, you can just go and enjoy it as a just a, a big blockbuster action movie, really. Mm. But I understand totally why people are, were upset with it. And I suspect that if it was a franchise that I had a, a real emotional investment in, I would I would have the same feeling. Um, I'm trying to think of one actually recently that um, where they've completely cocked something up. I can't off the top of my head. Okay. But yeah, so that was that was kind of uh, that's why I wanted Pete to respond because I think what he's saying is everything I've heard from from everybody from film critics to mm-hmm. just normal fans who are fans of the original that didn't like it. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's on there. Let me go back to my list. Um, so thank you for that email, Pete, and we will post it up on the blog because it was it was really well written and really uh, valid point. Um, let me just grab my notes. Okay, so now I think we're getting into the crossovers. Okay. Of stuff that I've seen that you've seen. Should we go through stuff that I've seen that you haven't? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> it's it's going to be fairly quick. Yeah. Uh, I tried to make mine quick. Yeah. Chronicle. Right. Did you yeah. see that? No. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I just I found footage. I just think yeah. it's kind of hamstrung by its own device, yeah. and it has a need in every scene to explain how the camera gets there. Some of which are good, some of which are bad. The yeah. bit at the end where they're flying around—oh, spoiler! Uh, yeah. Where everybody's flying around and um, they're surrounded by cell phones and iPads that are spinning around them right. is just retarded. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I think it would be much better without that conceit. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Ted, Hunger Games. Right. Long, yeah, not very interesting. It's yeah. entirely an A story, no yeah. subplot, and it's a, an example. I haven't read the book. I have mm. been told that it's just like the book. Right. Well, that's not necessarily good. No. Where when you if you adapt the book, you don't just start at page one. No. And and translate it into screenplay no. form. I think I might have said this before on the podcast. Gary, we were doing an interview with Gary Oldman once, and somebody asked him about uh, how do they take such a big Harry Potter book and squeeze it into a two-hour movie. Uh, and still retain its core. And he came back with the best phrase I've ever heard about adapting novels mm-hmm. into films. And he said, basically, you've got to take a lot of the cow away to make the Oxo Cube. Brilliant. And, and Brilliant. it was like, that that completely sums up the process. <laughs> um, yes, you you know, you're just distilling it down to yeah, its yeah. core. And, and you can never, you know, if you love a book and they make a film of it, you can never expect to see that book word for word on the screen because mm. it's just not possible. Yeah, it's, well, it's a different medium. Hunger Games is practically still mooing. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, let's do my, my two wooden spoons of the year, I right. think. Uh, actually, no, one wooden spoon because you've seen the other one. Right. Uh, gone. Didn't see that? No. What no, was it? Somebody brought around a DVD. I wish they hadn't. Well, it's I Amanda Seyfried. Um, her sister gets kidnapped by the man who kidnapped her some years ago. Really? I don't uh, think I've ever even heard of this. And the police don't believe her. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not friends with this person anymore. No, fine. Um, Cabin in the Woods. Right. Which uh, I liked, but not enough to pitch to you. It's yeah. got some good ideas in it. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we said, it's modern weed, and so you won't like it. Yeah. Uh, man on a Ledge. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Um, it's an okay heist movie. It right. kind of... Falls down, comes crashing in on its own weight, if you like. Right. Um, 
towards the end. But there's some good ideas in it. Okay, I think <clears throat> a lot of these. Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of these are some good ideas in that. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, one you definitely haven't seen and will never see is the art of rap. The ice right. documentary, yeah, 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 which no. I watched because I crewed uh, the interview yeah. junket when he came over. That's right. Lovely man. Yeah, I can he's, imagine. He's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and actually, I quite like the documentary. Right. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff in there, just about the process of writing, mm. not necessarily writing rap, just writing. writing yeah. yeah, and how it's an insight into different people's minds as to how they go about it. Right. Okay. Like some people, uh, there's Eminem who says from the moment he wakes up rhymes just flash through his head all day and he can't stop it wow but there there's other guys they talk to where he's like uh, where they say yeah the rhymes don't come naturally i I put 16 dots on a page and i know a word has to rhyme at each one of those dots wow and okay that, that's interesting that's how i get through a verse wow um and things like that um something else i kind of like but not enough to pitch to you was lockout right okay Guy Pierce, yes. Um, guy Pierce in space. Guy Pierce in space prison. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Neighbours has to rescue the girl from Lost from a prison in space. <laughs> right. Both, See, are play- like both are Australians fun. playing Americans. Yeah, right. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a bit low budget and hinky in places. Yeah. It's, the special that, effects um, in the opening chase scene are fucking appalling. <laughs> really? Yeah. It looks like a video game cutscene from the original Xbox. Right. Isn't that like it's uh, like Luke Besson? It's, yeah. It's Luke Besson's story, story and half a screenplay. Right. Um, there is some. There's some good fun stuff in there. Right. Uh, I do, and there's bits you just have to laugh at the audacity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's worth it's worth a watch. But I don't like I said. I don't love it enough to pitch it to you. Right. Uh, officially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, watch it before it disappears off Netflix. Fine. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Blah, 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 blah. Chronicle. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think everything else you've seen. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking down at mine to think that. Yeah, a lot of them we've been. covered on this show, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, I can see. Oh, did you see Looper? No, I didn't see Looper. That's another film. Now, I nearly had an argument with a friend right. uh, about this on Saturday evening right. over curry. Okay. Um, he loved it. He's, he's like, it's one of the best, uh, most inventive films of the year. Right. I don't think it is. Right. Uh, I think it's got some great ideas in it, yeah. but it kind of, it smacks of studio interference and having been uh finished off via clever editing and adr right okay no 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 director this doesn't make sense i'm I'm a stupid executive in hollywood i don't understand it go back and add a line go back yeah. and add a voiceover all right it's a bit blade runner right gotcha. um there's yeah there's some really great ideas in it and some great stuff joseph yeah. gordon levitt is very good even though he's essentially just doing a bruce willis impression Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, he seems to be he seems to be a man on the rise. In he had a of hell like, of a year yeah. last year. He was in tons of like high profile stuff yeah. and getting great plaudits for pretty much everything he did. Yeah, one of the things I meant to say about Prometheus, um, and also Pete mentions in his email, one of the best things about it, and he agrees with us, is Michael Fassbender. See, that's he, something I've heard about. That film, he yeah. is just incredible in it. And to be honest, I I, I would consider watching the two sequels that they're planning for Prometheus just just, just to see what his character does because huh. he was so good in it. Um, he was also in what else was he in? We've covered. Oh, we covered uh, X Men First Class. He yes, was in we that, did. Wasn't he? And again, um, he was apart from his apart from his. Uh, German with an Irish accent. Yeah. Uh, he was probably one of the things I like most about that film. Yeah, because I didn't like that as much as you. No, did. you know, you didn't. But no, he uh, he and McAvoy in that are very good. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we're on to the stuff we've seen together. Okay. Uh, I was going to start with uh, my other wooden spoon of the year, Expendables 2. See, this is in my... I quite liked oh, it. Oh, God. It's so bad. But that's why it's good. No. It's <laughs> yeah. not even so bad it's good. No, See, no, I no. don't particularly like the first one. I much prefer the first really? one. Yeah, I See, think that, that hangs together as a coherent film much better than the oh, second yeah, one Oh, yeah, but this one is what I wanted the first one to be. I wanted to... All the cheesy lines. I wanted all the really stupid plot and the silly action. And the first one, they, you know, it was just a bit dull in comparison. Whereas this mm. one is just silly and fun. No, silly, yes. Fun, not so much. Oh, I really uh, enjoyed I it. I really didn't like where we had to suffer, uh, even though apparently it wasn't directed by him, Sylvester Stallone, the director. Yeah. Where just things like the, the scene where they bury Hemsworth. Yeah, we're yeah. spoiling it. Yeah. It's just fingernails on the blackboard the thing is though and that's not the worst bit the worst bit is is Hemsworth's speech in the plane yes there's the that dog. actually actually Hemsworth gets all the shit in that movie he, does, he has a yeah. speech in the plane he gets killed yeah. uh, he has a terrible burial scene and the scene where he and Sly are talking outside the pub is entirely out of focus for the whole scene <laughs> I just yeah I mean it's just utterly ridiculous and yeah. I, I, I I that that was one of those movies I could turn off my my filter that analyzes mm. whether they've done things properly or not and i could just like i kind of the kind of sort of thing i do with the transformers movies mm. i just enjoy the stupidity and the silliness of mm. it and enjoy the action and the mm. i tried so hard but i just couldn't i yeah. couldn't do this there, there's some fun so like chuck norris turning up is pretty fun yeah exactly. and there are yeah. some kind of like fun mo- like, uh bruce willis and arnold schwarzenegger trying to fit in the smart car <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of fun. I was reading today that Jackie Chan has signed on for Expendables 3. Really? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. And the joke, the joke I read was there's going to come a point where the cast is bigger than the audience. Yeah, and I know that uh, Nick Cage is in, in line as well, Oh, I think. God, really? Yeah. Oh, my. That's yeah. Good. That'll be balmy. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, one thing I will say on that quickly is that I think one of the people in that that, that I really thought was really good was Jean-Claude Van Damme for having the balls not to insist he was a hero and play the villain. Yes. Because in that group of people, the egos, you think, I want to be the hero, I want to be the hero, I want to be the hero. And he turns around and says, you know what, I'll be the villain. Yeah. I think that that is really good. And I think some of the scenes with him in it are excellent. I just just remember the terrible Chinese woman who's Uh, in it. Oh, God. A bit superfluous. And couldn't act. Yeah. I don't know what she's from, what else she's done. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't see anything that we'd see or hear. Okay. Uh, what are we going to go next? I don't know. Uh, well, before we get into the stuff I like, uh, yeah. or rather the stuff that makes my kind of best of the year, the only one I've really got left is Iron Sky. Yes, me too. Because uh, that's not good. That's not good enough to be best of the year. But it's again good, cheesy, silly fun. Oh yeah, I kind of and put- I like the ho- the I like the homemade. I, lo- I really admire the way it was made, the crowdsourcing, and essentially Absolutely. they just did it all themselves in front of the green yeah. screens. I kind of lumped that in with Expendables 2 and Prometheus. Is mm. I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. but it's not... Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it was the top. Yeah, it's it's things like, you see you see the, that movie was made for 10 million euros. Yeah, which, you see the effects <sighs> in it. Yeah. They look like they're from a film that cost 10 times that amount. And I've been to the effects facility. I've mm. walked in the room, and it's, it's 10 Finnish blokes in an office yeah. with computers. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, regardless of whether you like it or not, I think the way they've gone about it and the budget they've done it for mm. is incredibly commendable. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it would be interesting to see um, 
it would be interesting to see them do a project that's not so silly yes. and so niche. Um, but also, the be, director did announce recently what he's doing next. And I can't remember what it is. Oh, it was something about uh, it's something. Uh, it's something based on a Finnish graphic novel. I oh, don't okay. believe. Oh, okay, interesting. But I'm probably wrong. So, out of the stuff I've got left, I've got the three films of this year that I absolutely loved, mm-hmm. and one that I hated. Okay. Pick one. Okay. Because I'm left with seven films, all of which I like. A okay. lot of which we covered on this show, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think actually the the, the three I'm going to say now, we've okay. already talked about. Um, so, uh, the three I've got left are The Descendants, yep. which we've done an episode on. Yeah. Um, Which I don't again. I don't think I liked it as much as you. No, but I I was kind of there's something you mentioned actually reflecting on it afterwards. Yeah, I like it more than I did when I was exactly. watching. Exactly, that's how I felt. Yeah, when I watched it, I thought oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then like, a few days later, I was like, that shit. Yeah, you see, I'm thinking really about good. it now, and I was thinking when I go, I might look on Netflix and see if it's on there and watch it. Again. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I'd quite like to. Mm. I, I've lent it to my parents, unfortunately, but I'd like to watch it again. Yeah, um, the raid. We've talked about that is my number one film of the year. Right, I just I love a good martial arts movie. Okay, I uh, I love limits of the human body. I love. It's why I watch pro wrestling for the clever yeah. choreography and what people will do to themselves and yeah. each other. Um, yeah, and this just my jaw was on the floor for ninety minutes. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. So did I. I thought it was a fantastic movie. And again, small, independent, low budget, oh, and yeah. it's just absolutely brilliant mm. uh definitely what well, i'd say it's my second best film of the year okay um i'm not going to go into my first you can reel off some of the other stuff right. you liked uh or well, stuff that we cover i think i know what your top one's going to be so i'm gonna leave that to the end right. um stuff we covered on this show the gray yes which did that only, come out this year it was only released in the uk in january 2012 oh i didn't realize so that it counts I, as I, a 2012 i would have put that in my list then yeah Uh, which we covered in episode, insert episode number here. Yeah. Because I can't remember. No, I can't remember. Um, Being Elmo was uh, only released over here this year. Well, there's there's more than I thought See? Okay, (laughs) so that's me up to 15 now. Yeah. No, Um, 14. We talked about that. That's now available on both versions of Netflix. You can watch it in the UK if you don't have um, Yanko Vision like we have. Did I just call it Yanko Vision? You did, yeah. Okay, awesome. Not good. Um... And we're going to get down to, okay, well, okay, all right. <laughs> all we have left are the one you hate and the one we both love. Okay. You hated it, but I like the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. I hated it. Go on, you t- say why you liked it. Because for me, I grew up reading Marvel comics. Right. And that is the Marvel universe on screen. Right. It's like watching my comics move in front of me. Right. That's what I like. That's what I really liked about okay. it. Um, I'm not. I'm not for a moment suggesting it's flawless. No, no, absolutely. It yeah, is yeah. too long. Yeah, uh, and particularly some of the effects towards the end suck absolute balls. Yeah, but I thought it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it was. It was two hours of all the superheroes I grew up reading moving around in front of me together and fighting baddies. Right. Yeah. See, now what's interesting is I felt the same way that you did about this. Mm. I felt the same way about Transformers Three. Yeah, you said that. And, interestingly enough, they've got the same plot. You said that as well. And that's what, I think that was part of the problem. I just sat there thinking, wow, this is just Transformers 3. And, I mean, it's almost an identical plot. And some of the scenes are almost identical. Now, see, I was going to... Transformers 3 is on Netflix. And I was going to sit down and watch it. <laughs> and and then see. come in and say, no, 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 no. And I just didn't have three hours of my no. life to sit and do that. No, then. no. Um, I, for Transformers 3, I'd say 
if you if you if you're at a loose end, watch it. You'll probably yeah. find loads of plot holes in it, but yeah. it's you know it, it's it's the out of the three films they've done, it's the one that's most like the original cartoons for me. Okay. Um, but you know, Avengers, I just oh, I just did not like it. You're not the only person I've said. No, that. I've um I've said that too. No, I've who heard. has said that to me? Yeah, uh, I, um, it just fell apart for me, and I just like I I. I used to, well, I still do absolutely love Buffy and Angel, but mm. everything I've seen Joss Whedon do on screen, I hated Serenity mm. because I found, I th- I mean, again with Avengers, I found a lot of the dialogue is really cliched, which isn't what I'm used to from him. I, like He set a really high standard with those two series. Mm. And in these, I just found it all a bit cliched and sentimental and saccharine and a bit, mm. yeah, and a bit Hollywood. Mm. And I thought he was better than that. Mm. And, and again, I found the same with Avengers. So, sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. Other opinions are available. Yeah. Uh, and I know what your number one film of the year is. Yeah, Skyfall. Yeah. Absolutely loved yeah. it. I don't, I, I, like I, said, I don't think it's the best thing I've seen this year, but no. I do think it's really good. It's an excellent Bond film. Yeah, I mean, I think... Now, this was something that I... I interestingly, will equate this to Pete and Prometheus. I was very wary of Skyfall. I was very wary that Sam Mendes was doing it and I wasn't sure. The last one was Quantum of Solace was crap. I didn't, uh, I think, I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, yeah. I didn't get past the opening titles of Quantum and Solace. Yeah. Quantum of Solace. I couldn't even survive that car no. chase at the beginning. And I, so I was a bit like, so rather than getting excited about it, I was very wary about it. And I think my theory about Prometheus being the more you're a fan, the less you like it, mm. I think is the complete opposite for Skyfall. The you more you're a this, fan, yeah. the more you love it. Mm. And I'm a huge Bond fan. And I, mm. yeah, I, uh, to be honest, I'd, I'd put that and the raid on a par uh, with the descendants quite close behind mm-hmm. for me this year. Um, yeah. I, I would highly recommend people see all of those. And I think even if you're not a Bond fan, go and see Skyfall because it is pretty much, it is Bond. And Absolutely, it, it I'm just, not. I'm, is a nowhere, Bond I'm nowhere near as big a Bond fan no. as you are. I've seen. I I could. I think uh, we mentioned before. I've seen yeah. one of each Bond, yeah. and B not included. Right. Um. But yeah, I think you're dead right. It it is the essence of Bond. Uh, I think we, when we talked about it before, yeah, we said it brings it brings Bond up to the level that the Bourne films yes. became or yeah. were seen at. Like, that became the prototypical 21st century spy right. thriller. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and this pulls Bond to that level, mm. and but at the same time, completely resets it and makes it James Bond again. Yeah, it did. Uh, and it for me, it was, like I said before, it pulls in... There are so many tiny little things that you can link back to all of the movies, all of the books. You can, you're forever, you know. I mean, particularly if you're as geeky about it as I am, and I know people who are like even geekier yeah, than you. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and again, the more you, the more you like the the franchise and the the, mm. the character, the more you seem to love it. So yeah, for me, those are the, those are my top movies. I would say. I have one movie of 2012 left that I really liked. Go on him. Uh, and I'm pitching it to you. Okay, excellent. Uh, it's one of those films that I sat down and I was, I thought I'd get a couple of laughs out of it. It's a comedy. Right. Okay. I thought I'd get a couple of laughs out of it. Right. And I found myself roaring through most of the way. Oh, really? I lo- like this way more than I thought I would. Okay. 21 Jump Street. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I've been toying the idea of watching this. I thought, eh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Eh, maybe not. Yeah. And I never got around no. to it. No, well, I was like... I... <laughs> In fact, I think I might have even rented it but not watched it. Yeah, every now and again, because as we've mentioned before, we get yeah. the US Netflix feed yeah, yeah, yeah. through 
I'm sure entirely legal means. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's just uh, the the lawyers have said we have to say that. Yeah. Um, no, it is. Yeah. Uh, and every now and again, I just switch that option off and go back to the UK one. Yeah. And this was on there and not on the US. Oh, really? And I thought, huh. Well, the clips I got looked funny when yeah. we cut when we cut stuff for it at work. The trailer was awful. Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought, oh, yeah, well, why not? And I thought, Stick I'd just on. kind of put it on the background while I was doing other stuff. Yeah. And within the first 10 minutes, I'd stopped doing other stuff, sat down, just watched it. Right. It's. I think it's really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, so, Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. He plays a chubby nerd. Channing Tatum is the handsome jock who bullied him in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both end up going to police academy where they realise that they need each other if they're going to get into the force. Mm-hmm. They're put into the Jump Street program uh, due to their youthful looks uh, to infiltrate and expose a high school drug dealing ring. Only trouble is, things have changed since they were in high school seven years ago. Right. That sounds like the entire plot of the movie. That's the first ten minutes. (laughs) Right, fine. (laughs) Um, Hill and Tatum have really good chemistry together. Yeah. We said before, we, we... both of us, through various projects, have had dealings with Channing Tatum. Yes, he is way funnier than you yeah. ever think he, he comes across on screen because yeah. he has he has a particular look to him. He looks like a military meathead. Yeah, and he's he takes all of those roles. Yeah, well, I I was I had to do I had to spend an afternoon timing interviews with him. Mm. So you know, I was a guy in the corner wrapping people up when they'd had their allotted time with him, and I went into that thinking, oh, he's one of these like meathead guys that either plays a dumb action hero yeah. or a romantic lead just because the girls fancy him but he can't actually act and yeah. all that kind of stuff and and to be honest I'd made all of those assumptions on badly cut trailers or yeah. clips and never seen any films mm. and sitting there in that afternoon I realised he's he's really intelligent and sometimes deliberately hides it yes uh, and has a very dry sense of humour really dry yeah. sense of humour and he's very very funny um, so yeah I was I was quite pleased when I saw he was doing a full out comedy because I've always I mean we've always thought this is the sort of thing he'd be really good at yeah um, so I was kind of I'm kind of intrigued to see it just to see what he's like in it really see yeah if, if we were right um, what I like about it is that it's a high school comedy mm-hmm. an action movie and a pretty sweet buddy bromance all in one film right <laughs> um, it's fast paced yeah. uh, it's an hour and 50 but I don't think it outstays it's welcome oh wow okay uh, and as I said, it's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweary, yeah. unsanitized. Uh, I, to be honest, I thought I was watching the unrated DVD extra version. Right. Cause there is yeah. that much swearing in right, this film. Okay. Um, it's self-referential mm-hmm. uh, and happily mocks the fact that it's an uncreative remake. <laughs> right, excellent. <laughs> um, there's a whole bunch of great cameos. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube as a loud, abrasive black captain. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Nick Offerman, who uh, you won't know, but is Ron Swanson in uh, right. Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. uh, is in it for one scene yeah. and is very funny. Uh, Rob Riggle, ex of The Daily Show, yeah. turns up. Uh, there's a whole bunch of great people in it. Um, and then I just ended up writing down a whole bunch of scenes and lines that I really liked. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know what else I can say. Uh, you like a good tooling up montage, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, there's a good one in here. Excellent. Um, uh, who's left? The other person worth watching in it uh, is Dave Franco, right. who's James Franco's little brother. Oh, okay. Uh, he gives what could be a very dull one note character. Yeah. Much more. Oh, really? That he probably should get. And in particular, we'll talk about it next week. There's one little moment right. that gives you just a, 
an insight into why he is the way he is. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I just found myself laughing through the whole film. Excellent. Uh, it also has uh, you like a good credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not the opening credits. Right. But they do Mainer's end end credits, and right. it's the most whacked out shit you've ever seen. Right. Okay. Uh, no, I do like a good title sequence. Yeah. Um, I'm just. Yeah, if I carry on, I'm just going to end up reading out all of my all of my favourite lines. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so I shall leave it at that. Okay. And I just I just switch it on and laugh hysterically for two hours. Okay. I hope you laugh hysterically for two yeah, hours. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> um, I've got something a bit more... Uh, Highbrow and intellectual? No, not at all, actually. Thank God for that. Um, but it's a bit more full on. Okay. Um, and... I've, I've basically there's been something I wanted to pitch you for a while and I, actually in the back of my mind I'm starting to doubt whether you might have seen a bit of this you okay. may have done I don't know um, but I've been had to be very careful because particularly when we were doing it the show weekly we had a very short time to watch all the movies and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff um, so I've picked a period of time where I know you're going to be not doing work it's four hours long isn't it yeah oh fuck me it's Kill Bill Oh, okay. Well, it was either that or Das Boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to pitch you Kill Bill. Both bits. Volumes one and two, back to back. Okay. Um, I knew this was coming. Yeah. At some point. This, I, I, I have seen. I, I have actually seen the first twenty minutes of the first one. Right. Uh, on a pirate copy that a friend lent me. Yeah. That had um, uh, actual splits where each reel ended. Right. So at the end of the first 10 minutes, which would be the end of the first reel of film, it came up, boop, end of reel one, and then carried on. <laughs> right. And then, boop, end of reel two, and it's like, I can't watch a film yeah. like this. and just turned it off. Fair enough. So, yeah, I've got the uh, the DVDs of both movies. I think the best way to watch them is back-to-back. Okay. I, also, I shall attempt to do that. I also think... This might be Boxing Day. Yeah. I also think this really could have been one movie mm. if he'd been a bit more judicious with the razor blades. Quentin Tarantino can do many things. Editing yeah. is not one of no, them. No, I will say straight off, this follows the format of Quentin Tarantino making a film that's just a series of scenes. Mm-hmm. But I think you really could have made a linear, really good plot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll quickly recap the plot okay. because you know, I would imagine people, most of the people know it. But, I know um, it as Uma Thurman fucks shit up. Right. Basically, a bride wakes up from a coma and seeks revenge on the people that attempted to kill her. That would be the linear translation of the plot. Yeah, fine. It's as simple as that. Okay. It's a chop-socky revenge film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as, as you mentioned, writer-director Quentin Tarantino, Uma Thurman is the bride. Uh, she's effectively part of a, a group of assassins mm-hmm. uh, who have decided to off her. So she basically hunts them down one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're played by uh, Lucy Liu, uh, Vivica A. Fox. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Michael Madsen, uh, and then finally uh, David Carradine. Um, and she basically goes and takes them out one by one mm-hmm. as she needs to. Um, there's some great secondary performances or secondary roles in it some people double up uh so uh we've got gordon lou in the first mm-hmm. film plays johnny moe who's one of lucy lou's henchmen in the second film he plays pai may who is the ancient kung fu master that teaches <laughs> uh um 
Uma Thurman how to be a mm. martial artist. I uh, like Gordon. I like. I've seen a few Gordon Liu set, yes. like seventies kung fu movies. And yeah, uh, yeah. The, I, he he's excellent. He he has more to do in the second film than he does in the first. Okay. Um, and also Michael Parks. Um, oh, okay. Who you will remember from um, from Dust Till Dawn Dust. is what I know him from as well, the mumbling cop at the beginning. Yes, he plays the same cop. Oh, really? Or, Excellent. So it, it basically, I, his character in this, I think, is also supposed to be kind of related to the one he plays in um, Planet Terror as well. Okay. Uh, there, there's kind of a little of a through line cross pollination between all those movies of, with, of, of Parksism. Yeah, uh, he plays Earl McGraw, who's the sheriff. And he, yes, that is the same cop. Yeah, that was his, yeah. That so was he's his investigating so this. This would have to be thing. set before From Dusk Till Dawn. Because he yes. dies in that film. Yeah, uh, he also then plays uh, a Mexican pimp called Esteban. <laughs> of course, I, I swear to God, you wouldn't know he's the same guy. He's. <laughs> I kind of wish you hadn't told me now. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of told you they do not, but um, yeah, it, this film is just great. I mean, it is crazy. It's got mm. everything you could want in it. There's all sorts of little, uh, you know, there's a whole sequence where you you get Lucy Liu's backstory as an anime. Yes. Um, and, and you get uh, that there's a, a massive fight sequence um, that uh, is just that I think they, they they use something like 450 gallons of blood on this film. Um, so it's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. the censors were like, you need to tone it down. So Quentin Tarantino did what they used to do on TV for these mm. sorts of movies and just made parts of that black and white mm. to take out the red, effectively. Mm. Um, and people thought, oh, he's being clever doing an homage to all those old movies. And it wasn't. He had to do it for the same reason that they had to do it. I always like the Hitchcock approach to the censors. Take the film back, <laughs> yeah. wait a week, then send it back without making any changes. Yeah. And they think he's done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about these, really, other than I like the second... I like volume two better than volume one. That's interesting. Um, You're the only person I've ever heard say that. Really? Yes. I think it's down to the fact that there's a ton of action in the first one, mm. and it's a lot of the kind of really over-the-top silly mm. stuff. In the second one, that's where all the plot is. That's where the real story is. Okay. And I think the really cool stuff is in there and I reckon you could probably pick 10 scenes from the first movie mm-hmm. and stick those in the second one and make a more cohesive shorter film I, I might be wrong but that, that's my you know okay. my feelings and I, I yeah I like this I like the second movie more I think it's just got a bit more I mean there's still plenty of action in it that's where the whole Gordon Liu 70s training montage mm-hmm. is and you know there's all sorts of bits and pieces but yeah it's just a, a good Chopsocky revenge movie. Marvellous. Um, I should get a very large bowl of popcorn. Yes. Line do. them up and knock them down. Absolutely. I mean, for me, Tarantino, I think he either hits or he misses. Mm. For me, Pulp Fiction is his best. Yes. By far. Absolutely. And I'd say this was a second. Okay. Um, yeah. And then there are others I don't particularly like. But, Fair enough. You know. Okie dokie. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Kill Bill. About four hours of your life. Excellent. I hope you like it. So do I. <laughs> um, that's it, I guess. Uh, this yeah, is our last so. show of the year. Yeah. Uh, we will be back. We're hoping to record again the first week of January. Yes. I think that should be possible. Yes. Maybe second. Yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back some point in January. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I've been watching a lot of trailers recently. I think we should talk about the stuff we're looking forward to next year. Okay. In that first show. Same yeah. as we have with the, um, with our favourites of this year and this show. Yeah. We'll... Quickly before we go. Yes. Were there any movies this year that you didn't see that you wanted to see? Yes. What were they? I'll go. Yeah. Uh, end of Watch. Right. 
and something else I thought of this morning and I've now forgotten. But those are the main two. Okay. I had two. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Mm-hmm. Seven Psychopaths. Oh, yeah. That might have been the other one. But I don't yeah. know. I've, the reviews of that have kind of put me off because I really like In Bruges and I really like The Guard and they're yeah. very closely related. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of ignored because the reviews of In Bruges when that came out weren't that good. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been revised when people realised actually that's really mm-hmm. really good. Um, but yeah, I, I was just curious because I remember we mentioned it last week. That did you, you get know, out to the cinema? You said no. you were going to try it. No, I didn't either. I was I was I, I really wanted to go and see either Argo or Seven Psychopaths. Mm. And by the time I managed to get around to possibly going, it was just the showings were like half eleven or whatever. So. I had a rant on Facebook. You might have seen I had a rant on Facebook the yeah. other day. I I live. There are two cinemas close to me, mm-hmm. both of which are View cinemas. Yeah. View is the only major chain that doesn't do a loyalty card. So yeah. everything is full price all That's the time. That's a shame. Um, and there was one opportunity to see Argo. Mm. Quarter past 11 last yeah. Saturday. And it was like, this is our last showing. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate it's been out six weeks. Yeah. But I remember the days when films stayed in cinemas. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the trouble guess, is, the, the problem we both had is The Hobbit came out. Oh, yeah. Out of out of the 20 combined screens, 11 of them were showing The Friggin' Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not interested in that. No, film. no. It's unbelievable. Mm. Um, and yes, end of watch, I discovered I would have to go to Westfield wow, in Shepherd's okay. Bush right, that's if I way, wanted to see yeah. that, which is like uh, an hour each way for me. And yeah. I thought, no, hell with that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced. So by I end might of watch. move in the new year just to get in here. <laughs> uh, it's only because uh, we had stuff in to cut yeah. at work, uh, and uh, I like the clips that show the chemistry between Michael Pena and Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Why can't I remember his oh, name? Yeah. See, there were two things that put me off. Mm. One, I know that they they start with the uh, conceit same as Chronicle, found footagey kind yeah. of thing, uh, but that gets dropped pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and I kind of can never quite see the point of that. No, that's the uh, that's the bit that I'm not so And also, about. it was directed by the same guy, Training Day, which mm. I didn't like. Wrote Training Day. Oh, uh, wrote Training Day. Yes. So it was directed Training Day. Okay, yeah. fine, right, which I didn't like. Okay. Um, although I do really like Jake Gyllenhaal, so mm. I'm not sure. Oh, well. uh, again, if for me, that's, that's uh, I'll, I can wait for the DVD, pop up in Netflix Blu-ray, in yeah. three months, won't it? So, yeah. yeah. All right, then. So we're done. Yeah, for we the are. Year. Uh, yep. Let's do the the customary. I'm gonna start doing these at the beginning of the show because I'm sure people switch off. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we should have like one killer joke that we save until the end of the show <laughs> after we've done all the contact stuff. Yeah, maybe. All right. I can't think of one. All right. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at HYS Podcast. Um, on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Have You Seen Podcast. We have a blog which if I have some time over Christmas, I'm going to do stuff with. I've already had an idea I'm going to try and put into practice Ooh. just to make it easier to people for people to listen to the shows. Oh, yeah, you mentioned uh, that. Too. Yeah, uh, which is haveyouseen.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have an email address uh, as exploited by Pete Hammond this week. Yes. Uh, podcast at haveyouseen.net. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that again, Pete. And we'll, yes. we will put it up on the blog in yes. full. Cause, uh, uh, if you want to tell us your film favourite films of 2012 or mm-hmm. what you're looking forward to in 2013... Uh, or if you've seen 21 Jump Street or either or both Kill Bills, yes. Um, then those are the ways you can send us your prose mm-hmm. uh, in varying lengths. Mm-hmm. And finally, of course, thank you to Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio, yep. which is nice and warm despite it being very cold outside. Mm-hmm. And Alexia Mum, who is our technical wizard, 
Yeah. Who has promised us, quote, for Christmas, I will make you an easier to use stats page. <laughs> Brilliant. So I very much look forward to that because I've got no idea how many people are listening to this waffle uh, now. No, I, I, I haven't looked at it for months and months. No. That's it then. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. All right. Since I can't think of a funny joke, uh, let's go and we'll uh, we'll see you all next year. Yeah. Happy Christmas and a no, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. On that, Hanukkah, that way Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that business. Yeah. Why is Merry only ever used for Christmas and drunkenness? Try saying try saying it in front of New Year. Merry New Year. See, it didn't work. No, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's well, why have I started. Have a Merry saying. New Year. Yeah. And, and a we'll Happy Christmas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.